Warning, this is explicit content. There is talk of murder. There is trigger warnings for child death. And so please be aware if you continue onto this podcast, onto this episode, it is a true crime episode. I am here today to talk about Pioneer Boutique. It's located in at 106 Front Street, Marietta, Ohio. And it is a retail gift shop, but they also offer alterations, painting classes, and custom orders. They're conveniently located right on Front Street in Marietta across from the Lafayette with personal accounts tailored to your preferences, including online pay, curbside pickup, and the option to text our store, give us a call, send us a message, or stop in to get started. I am super excited about this because they are actually sponsoring Murder Obsessed. And so I'm just really excited to talk about them. They have vendors such as Double A Crafts, Cross My Heart Cast Iron, Nimbus Arts, Rose Barn Boutique, Wild Roots Designs, Rhonda's Unique Boutique, Just Lovely Apparel, Custom Craft Creations, Brushing It with Betsy, And there is now murder-obsessed merchandise. So go ahead, stop by Marietta, and check out the awesome Pioneer Boutique. Hey, I'm Sydney. And I'm Katrina. And this is Murder Obsessed. So today we get Sydney Morris. Get or not Morris. Hi, you're Crothers now. I will forever... (laughs) Morris, Sydney Crothers here, and um, our co-host, and she has got a true crime episode for us. So, Sydney, you are ready. Take it away. Okay, so today we're talking about our girl Nanny Doss. Um, she had like three or four aliases, like the giggling granny the lonely hearts killer um and the black widow as well so she was uh pretty popular i would say whenever i was doing the research on her there was actually a like a surprisingly large amount of info Mm -hmm. but anyway that's awesome um, sometimes that sucks because it's like which one what (laughs) Sometimes it's really awesome when there's like a whole lot of information and then sometimes it can either be like overwhelming or it's like some, they'll have like contradicting stories. So you're like, oh crap, which one of this is right? Exactly. Um, I, I just went with, you know, like there were some, there were more that matched up than not. So that's good. Yeah. But anyway, so Nanny Doss was um, actually born Nanny Hazel. She was born um, November 4th in 1905 in Blue Mountain, Alabama. Um, she had five siblings. Um, her mother and father were James and Louisa Hazel. She and her mother both, most stories say they literally just, her mother despised her husband and the kids also did um everybody hated the dad yes okay like he was super controlling he forced his kids to work on the family farm instead of going to school um 
and he was just really super like strict on them like um like to the point of abuse yes okay I think so I mean like literally their academic performance obviously suffered you know yeah from not even being able to go to school but um she uh you know still during her childhood she liked to read like romance magazines and she dreamed about you know her her romantic conquests one day um and apparently there was an actual column called the lonely hearts column um that in like a local paper that she read all the time um but dad also interfered with that because he forbid her and her sisters like they couldn't wear any makeup anything that was revealing at all and his excuse for that was that he didn't want them to be molested by random men um they couldn't go to dances or anything like that but most of the stories say that um unfortunately her and her sisters were molested on like several occasions by their own father oh yeah of course right like you can't you can't wear makeup don't wear that you look like a slut but (laughs) it's awful um so this all happened and i need to go back and tell you that when she was seven of course there's most of the time there's one of these she did suffer a head injury she was riding a train um I think they said she fell somehow I didn't really I couldn't find exact details but for years after that she had severe headaches blackouts depression and they blamed all of that on the head injury Mm. so yes so I mean I don't really know I'm a nurse, but I just don't feel like I know enough about that. I realize everything, you know, your behavior is affected by your brain, but I didn't get that. It's surprisingly prevalent is the thing that like, it's surprisingly prevalent that people who end up being on these true crime that do all these heinous things, they have two things in common and it's a crappy childhood where they're abused sexually, physically, and mentally, emotionally. And they have some type of head injury, which as a mother terrifies me because my two boys have head injuries out the wazoo. So I'm like, please tell me that you're not going to one of these days, like damage and kill people because (laughs) my children are way too rough and tumble to not have like a head injury once a month. I feel like with, I mean, even with my girls, I only have, of course, my boy is the most mild mannered of my children. Um, but they're just I mean if they're not like headbutting each other or falling down yeah, or jumping on the bed you oh. know so like I'm hoping like yeah, you guys if, if I get kids killed by my sleep it was my kids and they had a traumatic brain injury and I didn't yeah. know yeah same <laughs> same but um so anyway when Nanny was a teenager she married her first husband um Charlie Braggs, who was a co-worker at a factory that she worked at. Um, the two only dated for like a couple months. But the dad was like, yeah, because for some reason he thought um, it was a good idea 
for him, her, his daughter to marry this Braggs, who was an only son um, of a single mother, and he actually still lived with his mom. So, I mean, I'm not judging, but, you know, like, my kid was getting ready to get married. I'd be like, well, maybe you guys should get your own place first. Yeah. But, anyway. Um, not usually a good thing. I mean, as much as I like my mother-in-law, there is absolutely no way I could live with her. She no would kill same. me. I would kill her. It would just, yeah. just would not Adults, work. Families need their own space. Like, that's just the thing. Like, if yeah. you're an adult, you need your own space away from your parents because it never ends well. It doesn't. I agree. Um, so they get married and uh, they end up having four daughters. Gertrude, Zelma, Zelmer, Florine, and Melvina. Um, apparently after the birth of these children, Nanny just starts getting really stressed out. Um, she starts drinking. She starts smoking a lot, which apparently, like they say, it was a casual habit that became more frequent. Like, I don't, I don't know, like, you know, smoke however much you want. Well, have, and, and like in those times, like I'm like, I'm assuming this was in the past. 1904. Like, yeah, yeah. Women smokers was, it was just like, if you smoke and you're a woman, that's automatically a hit against you. Like you're just awful. Yeah, right. Like I roll right i'm thinking she has four kids like get this woman some antipsychotics or some marijuana yeah get this woman something because four kids if you don't have children you do not understand that they can tell you straight <laughs> to smoke and drink love um, them all but seriously right right um so she's more stressed she's drinking she's smoking um apparently her and bragg's cheated on each other oh um yeah frequently um and sometimes brags would disappear for like days so in 1927 zelmer zelmer one of the the daughters dies of food poisoning and on right and on september 25th the same thing happens to gertrude oh so not long after this brags is like you know what? I'm out. So he takes Melvina and leaves Florine with Nanny. That, takes like, one kid. That the blows other. my mind to be able to like, like I, I was listening to another podcast and that happened in the, that podcast. And I'm like, there is zero chance that I could pick a favorite kid and just be like, bye other kid I'll never see you again like no. peace out no no way and uh, uh feelings just thinking about it like I know no right. like no not not a chance I will fight tooth and nail and I feel like the worst part is like they divorce he takes one he leaves the other um and of course nanny and um Florine move into but like back into their mom her mom's home nanny's mom but the ex-husband literally like throughout the throughout this whole thing maintains that he left her because he was scared that just makes you're like 10 times worse right like you're scared but you decide to leave your your baby anyway so Mm -hmm. things are going 
you know, Nanny gets a job at like, I'm thinking it was like a cotton mill Mm. is what, it was some kind of mill. They talked about cotton a lot in it. So, you know, but it was iffy. So in 1929, she meets and marries her second husband, Frank Harrelson. So they live in Jacksonville. Um, Oh, sorry. Um, they live in Jacksonville in Florida I don't really get how she went there like I haven't picked up on this part yet that's another thing that like how do these killers get across the United States the way that they do like Like, it's like well they were here well now they're here I'm like excuse me I want to know how they travel because same yeah yeah agreed I totally agree so they're in Jacksonville and um a few months later after she marries her new beau she discovers that he's an alcoholic who has a criminal record for assault but like even even once she you know knows this and puts up with it or whatever they their marriage lasted for 16 years oh all righty then so they're married and um then everything i guess is seemingly normal um it's like just life is going so melvina's back in the picture the daughter that she had with her first husband right yeah and so in 45 um wait no it wasn't 45 sorry uh 43 melvina has a a little boy Robert Lee Haynes is his name um and then she has in 1945 she has a little girl so apparently nanny is a part of her life and these grandchildren's lives and um it says that Melvina's like I guess in the I guess I don't understand this it says hospital maybe I'm just crazy but I'm thinking like in you know I'm I'm the person that thinks 1990 was 10 years ago. But when you say 1945, I'm thinking they were like having babies in the back of cabins. Yeah, they probably not accurate. Honestly. <laughs> not accurate. So she's in the hospital having this baby and nanny um, comes to visit and the baby dies. Oh. And Melvina like stays adamant that she sees nanny while she's laying in her hospital bed kind of sleeping you know in and out after you have a baby that she swears she's seen her stick a hat pin or like I which I assume is like a brooch type pin yeah that's what I would think into the baby's head oh so she swears that she's seen her do this right but whatever 1945 on july 7th she goes to visit her dad and she says oh you know i swear i thought i think i see my mom stick this pin in my newborn baby's head but she leaves her son alone with him so he her son is with nanny for a few few days and he dies oh right so they say he dies of asphyxia due to unknown causes would that be like SIDS um so obviously 
good. I've studied, I've actually studied on SIDS. So asphyxia, SIDS will never say asphyxia because there's no, um, with SIDS, like there's no struggle. It's not that they can't breathe. It's just that they stop breathing. So it's very peaceful. This kid, like when they declare a death as asphyxia, usually like there's microscopic tearing around like the nose or the mouth because they've struggled to breathe so I'm guessing she straight up just smothered this kid like hurts my heart so bad oh and another thing that makes me think that is two months after he dies we found out that nanny had um took a life insurance policy out on him for five hundred dollars and she collected that after he died gross yeah like I'm thinking the only people really that I mean of course you know we've known each other forever I trust you but the only people that you are supposed to really fully trust with your babies is your parents oh yeah I mean and (laughs) you know you're supposed to be able to trust your parents with your kids and here we are not, not mom shaming but like if you really thought that your mom killed your younger sibling, like. Right. Like you have, you've had two kids die and then you swear you seen your mom stick a pin in your baby's head. Mm, no. And you still, I, I mean, I'm guessing probably that with the other two kids um, was Gertrude and. I can never remember Zel- Zelmer. Um, names. Yeah. I'm guessing that they just thought, okay, food poisoning. But once you get into Nanny's story a little more, you kind of doubt that. Yeah. And it's also like, how bad of a food poisoning did this kill have someone? to be to kill someone? And like, who all ate that food? And like, right. Nobody else in the family died. Yeah. Or like, because it got violently ill. Like in the 1920s, 30s, 40s, I'm really been money that they weren't like us as moms. Like whatever I cook is what you eat. We're not going to pop some chicken nuggets in the microwave, you know, especially for you. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, so same year, September 15th, um, her husband, Frank Carlson, comes home drunk he was celebrating apparently the end of world war ii and he had a lot to drink so he comes home and he rapes nanny oh yeah so the next day she decides you know what i don't like this guy i'm not putting up this so she fixes him his whiskey and she puts a little rat poison in it oh god and he died yeah, yeah yeah like I'm like that's like the only one I can justify here Nanny. Yeah. like I mean I, I feel for you get it girl yeah that one I'm like and we'll look the other way it's not right but is it wrong <laughs> right <laughs> so he does and I guess like no one's thinking anything like he just he just died and so Nanny goes on the search for her next bow she 
again uses this lonely hearts column to find her third husband. I feel like that was like the old timey, like match.com. Right? Like you just put an ad in the newspaper saying, hey, I need a husband. And someone's like, hey, I need a wife. Let's hook up. Well, you know, I really, after I have a book um, that's called A Something Wife. I don't even remember what it's called. And it's some kind of murder mystery, I guess. And it is about like this guy takes out an ad in the paper and the woman writes to it. It's not a romance story because I don't read romance stories. So I'm like, maybe I should have read that book before I did this, this story. Cause I'm wondering what that girl does. But, um, okay. So she uses her column to find her next husband who is Arlene Lanning. Since they were like married three days after they met through this column. Oh, like no. there was no, yeah. I reckon then it was just like, you know what? This is it. Let's get it. See, this guy, she really knows how to pick him. This guy is also an alcoholic. Um, he is a womanizer. Um, but she, um, it's not like they, it says that that's, you know, like that he's doing this, but it doesn't talk about him disappearing or anything like that but it does talk about her that she would just disappear often for months and so one time she decides to like go on one of her little trips and to visit her sister one of the five siblings that she grew up with um this sister's name was Dovey and apparently she was bedridden so she goes to visit her sister and then June 30th, 1950, 50, the sister's dead. Mysteriously. Oh my Lord, this woman. No other details of how. Like there is no details that I could she's find. Killing everybody. Like I know, I know yeah. I'm just totally making an assumption, but it's like she's like the angel of death. Like right? everywhere she goes, somebody just dies under mysterious circumstances. Like how many people got to die around this woman for their like, hmm, something's up. I know, right? So this same year that she dies, like a couple months later in September, apparently um, Arlie's mom is staying with them. Um, one second. I'm going to pause because the bell's going to ring and I don't want the bell ringing in the podcast. I'm going to. Okay. So, okay, we talked about her sister just kind of like dropping dead. And then literally a couple months later, from June 30th to September 7th, Nanny poisons her husband's mother. Oh. Kills her. And apparently it just looked like she died in her sleep. They didn't suspect anything. Man, she is getting away with it. Right? So, two years later landing dies and his death is is called is is ruled um as like heart attack it's not but sometime after his death nanny burns the house down collects the insurance money oh my god <laughs> i'm not really sure what's going on there i just want to know like were the police on hiatus like right how i'm just so very 
confused at how no one has been like, let's check this woman out. Like she's not even been like investigated. It wasn't like they like went and investigated her and then they were like, oh, we don't have enough. No, like she's just been like running rampant and I don't know. I just, I mean, I, just, it, I feel like this story, she just keeps getting worse too. Like it just keeps getting worse. Um, so after that, the whole burning down the house, she joins a dating service called Diamond Circle Club, which is apparently, I'm guessing one of those things where you actually go in and meet the people, you know, like those 60 second dating things or something. Okay. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, shoot. What are those called? I uh, can't think of speed dating. Yeah. So I don't know if it's speed or time, but it's something like that where you actually go in and meet these people and she meets her fourth husband, uh, Richard Morton. They get married the same year, you know, and she, she says all these men were womanizers. So I don't really know. Like, I'm not saying they weren't. I, just, I think just, that she doesn't care. I think she's like, if, if you just, you know, piss me off too much, I'll just kill you. Right. And I mean, to like, I'm not, I'm not being a jerk. Like maybe they are all womanizers, but it sounds like she knows how to handle herself. So, yeah. but anyway, they're, they're married that same year. And then January 3rd, 1953. I have no details on this. I just know that it's reported. And apparently she admit to, admitted to this afterwards. She kills her own mother. Ugh. And then the say in January. And then in May, she poisons the husband. Who also dies. <laughs> so, I mean, she, oh she's just goodness. like, you know, she is like the definition of just a serial killer she's just I don't she's a psycho sorry literally just I mean she's just killing people left and right like and it almost seems like there's no rhyme or reason she just feels like killing them right there's no rhyme or reason and I'm not being judgy but where are like none of this is getting flagged like like kids dying and and mom, her mom dying, and husband's mom's dying, and then all these husbands dying, and no one's like, hey, something's up. I feel like even, like, with her kids dying of, like, food poisoning, like, having two of them die, like, in today's time, CPS would be, like, doing a house oh, yeah. you know, like. I was, I was afraid that, like, we were gonna get our kid taken because, so or Tyler gave Sawyer nursemaid's elbow like he was playing with him and he mm. picked him up off of his shoulders and he gave him nursemaid's elbow and I just knew like CPS is gonna get me take yeah, my kid. every time I take my kid to the doctor I'm like all of these are self-inflicted <laughs> I know it looks like he's abused but he's just a rough and tumble boy I swear to god I'm not beating these bruises on this kid me too so anyway those two are dead about a month after this husband's death Nanny marries her fifth and final husband. Uh, his name was Samuel Dahl, D- Doss. Excuse me, I had a mini stroke. Um, <laughs> apparently, he was a devout Christian. He disapproved of like all the romance novels, all those romantic notions that she had. I rule. Uh, right. And like all the stories. Um, she enjoyed reading all that he didn't he just didn't approve of but it says that he really actually did 
care about Manny. Like it wasn't just, you know, he wasn't mean to her. He just had his beliefs and well, well, touche. Yeah. So um, in September of 54, he is admitted to the hospital. Um, Flu-like symptoms, stuff like that. And they said that he had a severe digestive tract infection. So they release him from the hospital on October 5th. And then he dies suddenly like a few days later. So at this point, since he dies and it was unexpected and he had been to the hospital, it's like super suspicious. So the doctor orders an autopsy and inside his system, they said there was enough arsenic to have like killed a horse. Oh my God. Yeah. So they're like, okay, this is what's up. So they go. And they arrest Nanny. And About she confesses. Right. So she she confesses um, that she killed him. Um, because and because the reason she killed this husband was because she was in a rush. Um, she had taken two life insurance policies out on him. So she was in a rush to get this money. So she just went ahead and did it. And that's literally what she told the people why she did it. Okay. And you know, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's not funny, but it's like, it is though. Um, and she's just thinking, like, listen, I needed money. So <laughs> I just had to kill him. I needed that money. <laughs> so they talk, but they talk about, you know, they talk about like these people being stoic or whatever when the, when like, you know, police are interviewing them, not nanny. They literally, like, police reported it is in every, almost everything that I researched mentions that when she's talking to police, she's giggling, she's flirting, like, she's so whatever. So, um, she tells them this is why she kills him. Um, She also claims some other responsibilities. She did say, like, that she killed four of her husbands, two of her grandchildren, two of her children, her sister, her mother, and her mother-in-law. So she, she does claim, yes, I killed all of those people. She pleads guilty and she's sentenced to life in prison. Um, apparently, um, the fact that she was a woman um, saved her from the death penalty oh had yeah had it been a man you know definite definite death penalty so um she gets sentenced to life and then she actually ends up dying in prison in 1965 she was only 59 when she died and she died of leukemia god i bet her like body count was almost as much as her age right it seems like it right like I mean it was just I don't even know that's like that is like for me I know that like this is gonna sound crap Kraus, cross like crass crap what I was trying to think of um but like nothing ever compares to like child murder to like especially killing your own children like I would kill someone over my child like I it just blows me away that someone could harm their child and harm them to the point of like death and like 
it is there's no words to me that it can describe that type of evil but it was like in her case it almost I just almost don't even see it that way because I just feel like she killed everyone so it was just like right she just no lives matter nobody mattered like she was like Michael Myers just stabbing everybody yeah yeah. And, and you know what what was crazy is that I read in the end of one um one of these I think it was like criminal minds wiki or something like that um at the bottom it said that strangely enough she maintained that she was motivated motivated by love and not money see what I want to know is what motivated her to kill like what reason did she give that she killed this many which I mean I don't think that she went she was even charged with all of those murders she was probably only charged with the last one right yeah why like that's always my question like I'm so empathetic so my first question is always why why did you do this and so my like why there's like and why why use this how how can you even say like um I was motivated by love well first of all girlfriend you were motivated by those life insurance policies oh yeah like I almost didn't do this like I did all the research on it and last week I was sitting around thinking, and I guess this is not, that was not an abnormal thing. I'll never forget my grandma telling me a story when I was a kid about her her mother telling her about this woman that kept having babies and they kept dying and that she was sticking like needles in their soft spots. Oh. So like, like that with the whole hat pin thing, that's what that reminded me of and I almost didn't do it like that was almost too much for me because I was like I I, you know you know though I I was listening to a podcast today driving my son to his babysitter and they were talking about a a woman who was killing killed some of her children and they were talking about the fact that in this time period there was no one who understood what postpartum depression was right yeah I mean and maybe that's what it was here well I mean that was rampant because there was nobody that was like if you had that they were like either you're hysterical you're crazy but um I feel like that might be part of it because we know in today's time that like postpartum depression has no rhyme has no meaning like it just comes on and it just can suck your soul and make you not a normal for sure. Like it, that, I think that postpartum is super, I don't even know, like, I feel like our generation, you know, I guess we're elder millennials or whatever, yeah. but you know, we, we're pretty much open about mental health issues, but that's something like, that's new. You're supposed, you're supposed to be so happy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I never wanted to hurt any of my kids, but I just like the anxiety was so like, I, I remember calling Tyler with the last one and I already had to yeah and him oh, no, like, man. What I are you, Quinn. you you were a hot mess yeah. after had Quinn like it was like you like if someone was smoking they had to go change their clothes before they could yeah. hold her because they couldn't you, hold her if they smoked um with Stevie I would just call Tyler he'd be at work because he worked night shift and I'd be like I can't sleep and he's like wow I'm like I'm afraid she's gonna die if I, like if I go to sleep do you know like that intrusive thoughts like just crazy oh, yeah because you don't sleep you roll over every three seconds and you yeah. 
stare at them. Are they breathing? They're breathing. Are they breathing? And then, like, and of course, if they're in those little burrito things and there's like layers like wrapping them in there, you have to really stare to see if it's moving. I remember with right. Elf, I have to like lay my hand on his stomach to feel the breathing because your brain is like, they're not breathing. They're not breathing. They're not breathing. Yeah. Oh my and gosh. Totally oh my gosh. And, but, yeah. and like it gets to this point, like, I, I didn't want to harm my child. Yeah. And I didn't want to, like, I've never been at the point in any of my, with any of my mental issues that I wanted to physically harm myself, but it got to the point to like, if I could just lay down and go to sleep and never oh, wake up, yep, that would be, that's, that's where my ideal. depression goes is I want yeah. to throw on a ball and fall asleep and never, like, I don't want to yeah. die, but like, I don't really want to be alive. Like, right. I don't want this. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, that. maybe with Nanny, I know that was like a rabbit trail. <laughs> but maybe with her but not you with know her. she was killing everybody yeah I mean, like I'm always searching for something because her children that she killed I mean she... okay so guys that's anyway that's the story of Nanny Doss, Nanny Hazel, the Giggling Granny, um, Lonely Hearts Killer, Black Widow, whatever you want to call her all right guys this is Murder Obsessed stay listening Stay murder obsessed, but don't be like Nanny and be obsessed with murdering. Talk to you next week.